What's up, guys? This week on the Power Move podcast, I am grateful to have my good friend Vina Jetty in. She is an absolute beast in the multifamily space, over $900 million in assets bought and sold. Also, an amazing mother and a better human being. Hope you enjoy the conversation. From the art of the deal to keeping it real. Keeping it real. Live from the Simply Vegas studios, it's the Power Move with John Gafford. Back again, back again for another exciting, powerful episode of The Power Move. I am your host, John Gafford, and with me in the studio today. Kids, I'm telling you right now, I got some, uh, you know, man, we roll some ballers through here. Some (laughs) shot callers, if you will. But today, I'm very happy to have my friend, Vina Jetty, who is, I mean, look, you see, here's the thing. I don't even know. Maybe Vina, you can answer this because because you know. Can I call you a beast? Can I say that? Sure, I can. Because, dude, I mean, why not? I, I think I think about you, man, and I think, man, Vina is just a beast. Is what I go with. Thank you. Uh, Vina is the CEO founder of Vive Funds. Yes. Yes, correct. Uh, which manages. A truckload. I'm just a truckload. Is that is that a is that a give unit of measurement? Give or take. Give or take. Of multifamily investment properties across yes. country, and don't just when I say manage it, I don't mean she's sitting in the coin laundry giving out change. I mean <laughs> she acquires these bad boys, yes. like takes them down, yes. hooks the deals up, raises the money, puts the capital behind us, and she owns. I just think about like Gordon Gecko in that car, <laughs> like Wall Street, when he's like, I own. So that that's who Vina is. Vina, welcome. Yes. How are you? A little less Wolf on Wall Street, though. A little, no, not Wolf. No, the original, Gordon Gecko, not Wolf on Wall Street. Oh, yes. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The original, Michael Douglas. Michael Douglas, yeah, exactly. When he just just breaks out with the I own. Yes, I own. Yes, that's me. Um, Yeah, I, and you know, I was going to say, too, you can call me a beast because it's better than some of the other B words I've been calling. I love, okay, fair enough. So I'm okay with this. Fair, fair enough, fair enough. So, uh, what did you just ask me? Did no, 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 I didn't I ask it. it. No, it was like a long, it was like a long, very affectionate given intro. Oh, well, thank you. Is what I, it was, I so. felt the affection. I adore you. Yeah. So, thank so, you. so, so we're lucky. You know, Vina is in town speaking at an event as you tend to do all over the place. You're yes. here today. You were at Ben Humble's event today. Yes. We've had Ben in the room before. Yes. Um, spoken at his events. Tomorrow you're off to Amy Majori's yes. event. We've had Amy in the room before. So happy to have that. And then, but, but you're in Vegas right now. Yeah. What are you speaking at right now? What is it? Um, I'm speaking at a multifamily conference mm-hmm. tomorrow. Tonight, I'm actually speaking at a meetup. Uh, there's like a big real estate Vegas meetup. Okay. I wish I knew the name of it, but I don't. They, I mean, <laughs> Yahtzee, there's, those things seem yeah. to happen every day. There's so many of them. I don't there's even know the name of the conference that I'm speaking at. I just know it's a multifamily <laughs> conference. I can't remember the name. Multifamily <laughs> conference is actually the name. That, that, that is the multifamily yes. conference. That is actually the name of the whole thing. If that doesn't awesome. tell you how many different conferences I speak at, I don't know what will. You're just constantly moving. But yes. before you were Vina Jetty Super One, which, yes. which you are today, before you had the big S on the chest, yes. um, so tell me about where did you grow up? Tell, yeah. Start with that. Where did you so grow up? I grew up in Chicago, like Chicago, Illinois. Good side of Chicago, bad side. The mean streets of Chicago, no, like the, no. the suburbs of Chicago, like suburbs. Naperville. Yeah, Naperville, Got Illinois. The so, mean streets. Yeah, of the Naperville mean streets of Naperville is where you were <laughs> with the upper middle class, yeah. middle class family. <laughs> that was it. So you, you go. Let me ask you a question, and I love this question. I ask everybody that comes in this. As a kid, when you were a kid, what yeah. was the first hustle? Oh, I started hustling young. I was three. Three? Yes. And uh, what was the hustle? I started a business. 
I sold gumballs from a gumball machine that someone gifted me. And the real genius of it, though, if I do say so myself. Okay. Okay, so I'm three. Someone gifted me. You're three. Three. Three years old, okay? <laughs> someone gifted me a gumball machine. Uh-huh. And I convinced my first investor to invest in me. <laughs> okay. All right. And I, okay, so I raised first of all, capital. you raised capital yes, at three. At three from my mom. Okay, your mom backed the business. So, yeah, there was some nepotism, I'm sure. Okay. Um, but she bought me the gumballs. You literally were a nepo baby at this I, point. I you was. Liter- I really literally was. were yes. a nepo baby. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> so she buys me the gumballs. And now this gumball machine is like the penny gumball machine. So yeah, I remember the red, the red one. Yes. Yeah, I remember. And you put the penny in and you get your gumball. I would go to people and I'd be like, hey, do you want to buy a gumball? And they'd be like, oh, you're three. You're so cute. Sure. And I'd be like, great. It's a dime. So they'd give me the dime. I would take a penny out of my pocket <laughs> and hand it to them to put into the gumball machine. So I would make 10 cents and I'd oh. get to keep the same penny that I reused over and over. over, and, over. and I have to say, I did not pay back my investors. You so. didn't? No. Well, my question is this. So at any point, did anybody like, why am I giving you a dime for a yes, penny? Uh, all the time. And so at three, what is the, what is the, how did you overcome that objection? You know, I have to ask my mom what I said. I assume it had something to do with supply and demand, <laughs> right? Like. Oh my God. So basically, essentially, if you're listening to this, like a lot of volitions are, and they're trying to get the next yeah. level, if you didn't start at three, you're a loser. Yeah. That's like pretty much you have what we've no learned hope. today. There's yeah, no, no hope, hope for you. Yeah. You might as well quit now. It's, it's like, uh, what was it? <laughs> There's a commercial on right now for hockey. It's like this guy's standing there watching, they're watching hockey practice and the guy's got a baby and oh. his other dad is standing next to him and he goes, hockey's not his thing or what? <laughs> like, he's like, he's six <laughs> months old. <laughs> like, like he, he's can't even walk I and you're talking it. about hockey, but yeah, that's it. So you're hustling gumballs at three. Yes. Yes. And, and that had to have turned into something steady or, or what was your first job? My first job, I actually worked for UBS, which was a, an advisory firm. It was actually Payne Weber when I got hired and like two months later they got absorbed or bought by UBS. Okay, how old was this? I was 16, so other than like babysitting so games, you were in, right? Oh, right, but you were in banking at 16? Yes. <laughs> Yes. Okay. And you know, that's actually, it's funny how I got into this. <laughs> Do tell. <laughs> Let me tell. Do I tell. Was, I might've been like 15, but my parents were like, okay, listen, if you want a car, when you turn 16, you have to pay for half of the down payment on the car and you have to pay for your gas and your insurance. Yeah, and that's, fair. that was like the deal. Fair. And I was like, okay. And I really wanted the car at 16. Right. So mm-hmm. I thought about, okay, what jobs, can I get, and this is, you know, I'm like old. There were there was no gig economy back then, yeah, right? Like yeah. all these things that I would do today are totally different. You than, actually had to go fill out a paper application right, somewhere. Yes, yeah, sure. yes. And so I was like, well, I don't really want to work at all these like fast food restaurants or whatever, like what all my friends were doing. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, I belong in an office. Like that's just that's my where you vibe. Belong. That's my vibe, right? <laughs> and so I wrote up this resume with like all of my volunteer work. It was very thin because I didn't have any work sure. experience, right? So I'm like, you know, making it sound really well, nice, course. like all the major responsibilities. Well, but, but that right? was one of the advantages back then also, is it's yeah, harder to no check. Internet. Harder yes, to no check internet really true, back yeah. then. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so, um, you know, I, I, wrote my, I wrote my resume up and then I printed it out and I took it. To, there was this suite of offices above the Barnes and Noble in um, downtown Naperville. And so 
I go up there and I just went from door to door. And I was like, hi, I don't know if you guys are hiring, but I'm looking for a job. Here's my resume. And I just handed it out. And uh, my bosses back then, Rob and Charlie, they were like, wait, so someone just like walked in and handed us a resume. That's not how this goes. Yeah. And they were like, and she's a teneager. And so they had, I think they just were curious and had to like find out who this, yeah, person, like who was, this person was, right? And so um, they ended up hiring me as an intern. I was the first intern they ever hired. Now they hire interns yeah, sure. regularly. And, you know, I'm still grateful. But back, but back, yeah, back then they're just in a side room going, what, what are we going to do with this person? Right. We can make her an intern. Right. They're That's like, it. Uh, I mean, okay, well, I don't know what they paid me, like 10 bucks an hour, yeah. 15 bucks an hour, and but they gave me commission. Okay. And, and what did you make commission that on? Was, that was a big thing. So they were, they're wealth managers, right? Okay. So every client you bring in, they manage their money, you know, they charge whatever their fee is, and they gave me some percent for every client I brought in. And I brought in, and I had to cold call people. So you're 16, banging 16. the phones on the cold call. Yes, yes. And this was... Also, right after there was like a massive crash because 9-11 had just yeah. happened. And so I was like, hi, can I manage your money? Like At 16. No, yeah. <laughs> like, no. <laughs> um, you know, it was more like, can we set an appointment? Sure. You know, it was like kind of the warm lead for them. But I ended up bringing in like $20 million my first summer. And so they were really happy about that. Of course, they're paying you 10 bucks an hour, right, of course. Right, And then, you know, I got some commission out of it. So it was, for me, I felt like I was raking in the dough. Um, but what that actually really shaped for me was my, one of my bosses, his name's Charlie Sleazer. Can you imagine being in the financial space? <laughs> With the name yeah, isn't that awful? <laughs> um, so, oh. but he, he was great. He's like still one of my mentors to this day. And he told my parents, cause you know, I was not the straight A student. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like most of the Indian kids are all like the straight A student. <laughs> you were the disappointment at this dis- point. Yes, I totally was. And my parents would be like, you know, we're really worried about her. And he was like, no. Send her to the quickest four-year degree she can get. Get her out of there. She will be in sales. This is what she's going to be great at. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about her. She will be running a company someday. And so, and you know, we still talk about it now. He's like, I already knew that this is where you were going to end up. It's, you know, I say all the time, my son is an exceptional student. Yeah. Very, very, very gifted at it. Intense personality-wise to lean after his mom, yeah. which is great, you know, whatever, right. but very affable, very good with the flow. My daughter, all me. Yeah. Just hell on wheels, yep. 10,000 miles an hour. And yep. I always say the same thing. My son... His goal right now currently is to go to Princeton. He wants to go to Ivy League school, which oh, he probably okay. will. And he will get a wonderful job yeah. w- working in a beautiful building right? that's owned by my daughter. Yeah. That's what I that's what I always say <laughs> as far as how that goes. Because yep. it's the same that's deal, it right? It's the same. Yep. I mean, that's that's where we're headed, I think. I think you're totally right. I have, so I have twin daughters, right? Mm-hmm. And they're three and a half. They're almost four. And I have one just like me mm-hmm. who will either be the president or a dictator, and I don't know which. <laughs> And then the other one, she's like my sweet baby. Mm-hmm. She's my caring, thoughtful, kind. I worry about her more than I worry about yeah. my dictator daughter. Like yeah. she'll be fine. No one will get one over on her. Yeah. She rules with an iron fist. She was three and a half pounds when she was born, and that did not stop no. her from ruling everything. <laughs> <laughs> Still came out. It's uh, it's interesting. I want to go back a little bit because yeah. you talked about uh, about being the daughter of Indian parents. Do you yes. have brothers and sisters? I have one sister who's okay. a partner o- in my company. Older, younger? Y- younger by three okay, years. Okay, good. Younger by three years. So yeah. you, did, you you weren't the victim of comparison? No. Okay, lovely for you. No, yes. Lovely, <laughs> lovely for you. I have an older sister. I have an older sister that graduated from Florida State like 
four and a half years with a master's degree and 4.57 GPA. Underachiever. And she was was like 20 (laughs) when she graduated. She went to school early. And, but she also worked like 40 hours a week and was like an officer in a sorority. And it was like every excuse you could take off the table for me, just take it off. She didn't help you at all. No, not at all. Not Not at all. Yeah. So I set the bar nice and low for my sister. (laughs) (laughs) Well, here's the thing though. Did you find, so your parents were yeah. born in the States, immigrated no. here? So no. they immigrated here yep. at some point. Yep. Okay, cool. 1980. I, lo- I love that. Yeah. I love that. So did your parents, what was their story in India and how did they come about? I mean, was it, was it. How did they get here? Were, no, were yeah. they doing okay and then doing better? Or were they doing, you know, uh, was it your standard story? Was it your standard rags to riches story that I love? So it's funny. My mom's side is very educated. Okay. So my mom's grandfather was the first mathematics PhD in South India. Like wow. very educated, come from a long line of professors on my mom's side. Uh, her family was, they weren't rich, but they were definitely not poor. And you know, India has a lot of wealth gap, especially yeah. back then. So they were probably on the more well-to-do side, mm-hmm. right? Like they had staff and whatever. Um, my dad's side though was not as well off initially. So my grandfather didn't even graduate from high school. He was like 14 or 15 when he started working because oh, his wow. dad died young. And Gotta take he care of the family. Care, he was yeah. the oldest son. So he had to take care of the family. But what my grandfather saw was the power of education and English. And so he had four boys. So it, my dad has uh, two older brothers and then a twin brother. So there's four of them. And all of them are master's degree or above, all like doctors or engineers. Wow. Yeah, very well educated. But my grandfather was very poor growing up. Mm-hmm. Very poor. Like le- lived on less than a dollar a day. Um, even back then, that wasn't yeah, that sure. much, right? Um, and so my dad, his brothers and they all got educated. I almost said sisters, but he doesn't have any sisters. His <laughs> brothers all got educated. And so they were the ones to really break the poverty cycle. My mom and dad met while my dad was doing his master's degree in India. Mm-hmm. And my mom was a professor at the school. Ah, so it's like scandal. super scandalous. scandalous. And they had a love <laughs> marriage, which is like very unusual back then. Oh, for then. India. Yeah, Right, because it's unusual. like, you're going to marry this person. That's how it is. Right, it's arranged. Yeah. What, what do you mean you love them? Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> what do you mean you have, you've been about? dating somebody? That's <laughs> not a thing. Yeah, it was like super scandalous back then. <laughs> uh, you know, the spoiler alert is they've been married now like 40 three years yeah. this year. So it worked out. Yeah. But my dad went to IIT, which is the Indian Institute of Technology, which like anybody Indian listening to this is going to be like, Oh my gosh, really? That's he got to go there. Yeah. Well, cause the students that apply into IIT, even today, like they use Princeton and Harvard as their backup schools. So it. it's like the, ba- the, the backup, the backup schools, <laughs> the backup schools, right? You yeah, know, like enough. Harvard, your backup. Fair enough. Um, so it's like the most elite school, probably one of the most in the world for sure. Yeah. Um, and so my dad went there for his undergrad, and so he had you know a head start of having the pedigree. Mm-hmm. And when he graduated, he actually ended up coming here for his PhD in metallurgical engineering. So that is his background that's his jam yeah but you know he's always been a business person like he worked at startups he worked at some of like the fortune 100 could you could could you feel some of that 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 history of his background through your childhood not just and i don't i don't mean necessarily the cultural stuff i mean just the fact that hey man grand granddad didn't even 
get it to high school. Yeah. Uh, so yes. Pressure. I think the children of any immigrants in this country probably feel I agree. somewhat of that because there's just this innate hustle for immigrants, especially when they came so long ago, because you don't you don't have a safety net here. Like you you have one <laughs> shot. Like you do not have anything else. Like you, they came here because they knew they wanted children eventually. They knew the opportunity at that time in India wasn't what it is today. Yeah. And I think, you know, if my parents were getting married now and having kids now. I actually think there's a reasonable chance they would have stayed in India because there's enough opportunity there. But at that time, there, the reality is, is there wasn't opportunity. Yeah. And so they came here for the American dream. And when you're immigrants, even to this day, my parents only have one car that they share. Isn't this crazy? It's just, so that, that's the mentality of how they came up. Yeah, I mean, and they've never had a brand new car. My parents have never bought a luxury car or a brand Ever. new car. And they're self-made millionaires, by the way. It's not like they yeah. can't afford it. Sure. They just don't. It just, to that to them, it just would seem silly to it, spend that kind of money on that. Right, they're like, why do I need that? And everything for immigrant parents, and I think just Indian parents in general, right, is what can we leave for the legacy, right? Like what's the sure. next generation? Well, what I, can the next generation I think do? the fact that they can ride in the same car all the time says a lot about their marriage. <laughs> no, 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 I didn't say that. I just said they <laughs> shared they a, share, a, they car. Share a car. I'm like, yeah, I don't know if I could ride. I, I love my wife and me and my wife get right. along fabulously, but I don't know right. if I could ride in a no. car with her all No, 100% no. And it's, it, they also, you know, my parents and my in-laws both live in my neighborhood now. Mm -hmm. So, which is really great because you have really young children. So it yeah, works out really well. Lots of babysitters, yes, lots, lots of hands. Yes, yes. Do you, do you find that, do you find that because of that upgrading, because of, of, of how you were raised and shaped, do you find that you have a very low tolerance for people not wanting to be the best they can be for themselves? Uh, I don't know if I have a low tolerance for it. I think it's a shame when that happens but I don't want everyone to do what I'm doing because I need them to work for me. <laughs> so, no, no, no. You know. Look, well, okay. okay let's back up. Let's back. What I mean by that, what, yeah. what I mean by that is, you know, I am, my, my, when your kids are small, they ask interesting questions. Yeah. You know, they, you know, they asked, yes. they said, what, at one point, my son, when he just learned the word, asked if I was prejudiced. And when he asked me, <laughs> I was prejudiced. And I said, Absolutely, I sure am. Yeah. And I said, I'm completely prejudiced against ignorance. Yeah. And unfortunately, ignorance comes in all shapes, sizes, yeah. and colors. And I personally feel that there's nothing that I hate more than watching wasted ability. Now, not everybody has ability at everything. But when people waste their own personal ability, it drives me crazy. Because I just think there's somebody else that would give anything to have the opportunity that you're squandering. I agree with that. I think that if, and that's actually why I've done what I've done is because I know the sacrifice it took to yeah. get me to this country where this is even possible. Yeah. So for me, I feel a immense amount of responsibility to take what my parents gave me and go out and do the most I can with it. Yeah. And I do think, I think that's actually one of the benefits of growing up as a child of immigrants is there's mm -hmm. always this inherent hustle mentality that has just been instilled in us from the time we were young because my parents had to do that. They came here with $26. They didn't yeah. have any money yeah. and $26 back then did not take them very far. And you know, my dad for the better part of his first few years here, he made $400 a month. That was his total income. And my mom was on a spouse visa, so she couldn't legally work. And have, but, you're, but you said now your dad is a self-made millionaire. So yeah. he went he went from making $400 yeah. to, to that. So yeah. 
he understood that there was ways to level up in the game yeah. and he made it happen. Yeah. They, and you know, I'll say too, what my parents did was really the tried and true way. You know, they lived below their means. They invested early. They invested often. They didn't buy unnecessary. They didn't buy a second car, right? <laughs> so they didn't buy these unnecessary frivolous things. And they really valued experience over things yeah. for my sister and I growing up. And we'll talk about, ooh, that's, see, I love that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So talk about that. Yeah. Is, is that something that's worn off on you? Yes, a hundred percent. Like, I mean, I, well, I like both now, so well, no, we can afford I both know, now. I know, so I know. It's different. But for me, like, I'd much rather give like like my favorite gifts that I get like for my wife yeah. for like Christmas and stuff. Yeah, is she'll give me concert tickets oh, in, yeah. another, in another city. Oh, that's cool. That's so a that's great like idea. so I know that on that date I'm We're taking going. a trip to yes. that. Yeah, yes. that to me worth better than any, any watch or anything else. Today. I totally agree. I with that. I still have my watches, but still, whatever. I totally agree. So my husband yeah. and I, we don't do gifts anymore. Really? Yeah. How do you not do gifts? Well, because it's like we just buy what we want when we want it so it's like yeah it's not really that exciting and then also like see that's why i let see i'm telling you here's what you do here's what you do though. next 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 time next birthday whatever yeah. blah blah give him concert tickets to I'm his totally favorite band in another idea. thing because it's super thoughtful yes you guys will have a great time it's an experience and it's experience yeah. so that i could get on board with yes that 100 like my husband and i are really big on like we like to eat so I will spend a thousand dollars on like a Michelin starred meal and that. not even think twice about I it. I don't hate that at all. That's the experience. I, it's the best thing that we spend our money on. Yeah, I and, don't hate that at all. You know, and having kids too, it totally changed everything for me. Cause before I'd be like, oh, every time I closed a deal, mm -hmm. we donate to charity and then I'd buy a Chanel bag. Like that was kind of my celebratory win, sure. right? And now I find it so hard to buy the things can, that I used to can, enjoy. Wait, here, let me help you with that. I'm going to ruin your whole oh, no. perception of oh, Chanel. No. Can I ruin it? No, ruin why? Chanel? Okay, right, go ahead. Okay. So Chanel, like the one here at the at, yeah, yeah, at, yeah. A, at a big hotel we won't mention. I right? know. I bought a bag there, okay, there last year. <laughs> so my wife's aunt used to run that, that place. Yeah. And literally when people would come in and say like, this is not right on my bag or whatever, they'd say, okay, cool. We take it to our craftsman in the back and whatever. And they would literally roll in the back and just super glue the shit. Stop and it. it happened every day, all day. And the markup on oh, on that stupid. stuff, like my wife got what is it? J twelve is that the black ceramic watch? Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I want to I want to say she got her J twelve for twelve hundred bucks on the employee discount, brand new. No, she, she didn't. Yeah, she did. Stop still ha it. still has that watch. Stop so yeah, it. that when I saw that, I was like. Man, it's just, not that good. I, yeah, I can't bring myself to do but it. But you know what? Chanel used to have really great quality pre-2007. I'll agree with that. And so I actually really like their vintage bags because they're See, I love really that great too. quality. And I think that's something else that has a story. Let me yeah. ask you this. Yeah. Let me ask you this. I, isn't it funny? So we've been on now for 22 minutes. Yeah. What's the last time you were on a podcast for 22 minutes and nobody asked you anything about multifamily real estate? I don't know. I don't think I've ever <laughs> been gonna, on one. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. But here. One of the biggest fears that I have yeah. right in my life yeah. is that my kids are going to grow up to be worthless humans because mm -hmm. of the level of how much is of handed what to we, them. Uh, what we yeah. can provide them yep. at this point. Yep. Yep. You know, uh, it, it's uh, there's Chael Sonnen who's a who's a fighter, <laughs> was a fighter at UFC, has the funniest yeah. the funniest video. He was like going to fight some guy from Brazil, and he's like, "Bro, you think I'm scared to come to Brazil? I mean, dude, where I grew up, my friend." His dad next door barely made a hundred thousand dollars a year. <laughs> Our maids only came two days a week. You you think those clothes put themselves in the hamper? You think that happened? <laughs> it's, it's like, yeah, my friend, my other friends, they were twins on their sixteenth birthday. Yeah. 
They only got one car. Oh, they had to share no. it. Yeah. Who's driving it on Tuesday? Like, you don't and know it where, wasn't a Mercedes. I, I know. He's like, you don't know where I've been. Yes. You know the things I've seen. And I, as I'm watching oh this, I'm like, oh my God. This is my kids. <laughs> this is going to be my kids. Isn't this that is awful? And it, I mean, you know you have a problem. I don't know if I've told this story here before. So we're going somewhere. I don't know what we're going. And it was my hate, hate of my son was like, Seven. This is where he got the nickname. We call him Lil Flossie. <laughs> he was like seven. Uh-oh. We're at the airport. We're going somewhere, and we're getting on Southwest. And he looks at me and goes, "What? Where are we? What are we flying?" And I go, "We're going on Southwest." And he goes, "Did Delta not have any flights?" And I'm like, "You're seven. You don't um, get a vote on the airline." <laughs> yes. Well, that is like a couple months ago. My kids and I we walk into the airport, and you know they're three. Yeah. And so they have no sense of like keeping things private in our family. And they go, mama, when are we going to the lounge? <laughs> yep. I'm like, oh my gosh, please. Shh, shh, yep. <laughs> you know, and like, and we, we hired a driver recently last mm. year and it was like life changing. I highly recommend one. Because, yeah. Because I'm so much more efficient now. I don't ever have to worry about stopping in the middle of the day to go do like preschool pickup. And mm-hmm. when I go for meetings, you know, I take my laptop and I'm in the car and I, and I hate driving too. So yeah. that added benefit that I don't have to drive. And my, but my kids, they think that this is normal now. <laughs> yes. And so I told them one day, I was like, listen, uh, you know, Mr. Miguel, that's our driver. That's yeah. what they call him. They're and like snapping their fingers like, once down, yeah, right. once, down the, once down the Miracle Mile, just right. for good measure. Well, <laughs> yes. And I'm like, okay, um, Mr. Miguel isn't here today. So Tata, your grandfather is going to drive you to school. And they go, oh, where is Mr. Miguel? And I go, oh, you know, he's home with his family. I think it was his son's birthday or something. <laughs> like, and they're like, that's, they're like, he doesn't have a family. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my gosh, yes, he does. Oh, God. And then they go, is Tatha the new Mr. Miguel? Don't, okay, stop. <laughs> I, like, stop. please stop saying words. Like, stop <laughs> it. And then I have to go through this whole thing of like, girls, I need you to not ever say this to other people. Ever, and, ever. And, you know, we don't live in like this really fancy neighborhood or anything. Mm-hmm. Like, we live in a very middle class yeah. neighborhood. And I'm like, oh my gosh, nobody that they know has a driver. And yeah. I'm like, okay, please don't say that to anybody else. Because it's going to, yeah. Yeah, just, let's just like, keep that because here's the thing because here's the thing here's the problem with having a driver and them telling people here's the problem because people that don't understand the practicality of it yeah strictly just so you can get more work done and get things done no just look at it as oh yeah and no it's not it's It's not it's practical i would have a honda civic with a driver if that's what it like i mean it's just the best thing Uh, i've ever done uh, look we've i've got a I've got, I've got a sprinter, like a jet sprinter. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you got one. I'm looking. I have one. one. I have one. I can maybe okay. sell you. We maybe I mean, work it out. My, right. Mine's actually in Scottsdale right now. Okay, perfect. It's beautiful, but we can't rent it here for what we talked about right. as okay. you were walking yeah, in. Yeah. Yeah. Florida, so I'm, I rent it in, in Scottsdale. Oh, okay. And um, and I was literally thinking because I'm going there this week. I'm like, maybe I'll drive it back. And maybe I'll hire a driver you just because it just would get so much you done. Should. And you I'm in a place Marietta where did that. Well, I'm in a place too. Where who did what? Nick Marietta. He has a sp- like a luxury it's, sprinter that's, with a driver. That's the same. We me and Nick own it together. Oh, that's you do. Our, yeah, it's the that's same our van. sprinter. Oh, yeah, that's I'm interested in that one. That's our van. That's <laughs> our van. If you've seen or been in it, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's our van. It. Yeah. yeah, that's our van. We'll talk okay. about that out there. But anyway, but it's in Arizona. I was thinking maybe I'll drive it back. Yeah. And maybe I'll just cruise around in that. You should. It will change your productivity. Tenfold. I'm, see, I'm, I'm pretty productive though, because my good thing is like I, I live my my house 
is 90 seconds from this office. Okay. I live right across the street. Okay. <laughs> so, well, which is nice, but here's the thing. If you're, well, and your kids maybe are driving now. No, they're close, getting there. They're close, getting there. Right? 15. That, well, that's what sparked this. Okay. Yes. Because I need a, I, I'm going to need, need to create. need a driver. Well, I have too many cars. I mean, maybe my parents need one of your cars. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe, but the point is, like, I'm like, where am yeah. I gonna? Like, Hayden's gonna be 16. Where am I gonna put his car? Yeah, then, that's. So my wife recommended me getting rid of one of my cars, and I was like, Wait a second, <laughs> let's let's read, let's discuss yeah. getting yeah. rid of the let's, kid yeah, before the car. Be, let's not yeah. be crazy. Let's do this. <laughs> but but back to the original question. Yeah, so, so so what is your plan? There are three now. Yes, there are lunatics about the driver already. Yeah. What yeah. is your plan for keeping them well-adjusted human beings and not being? crazy job. well so they do a lot of volunteer work now i love that um so i have them volunteering i would say at three but you're already hustling gumballs at three so i mean they're a little behind the curve right <laughs> uh no they had a lemonade stand so i don't give them things um and i really try not to they can earn things that they want um and then i don't let them believe they have anything either yeah you're broke. like yeah they're like this is my car seat, sissy, get your foot off of it. And I'm like, no, no, you're poor. You don't have a car seat. That's mommy and daddy's yep. car seat. We let you borrow it because we love you, mm -hmm. but that's not yours. Yep. And so, you know, then they find something more ridiculous. Like, this is my window. Don't look out of my window. And I'm like, no, still not your window. Still not your window. <laughs> yeah, still not no, your no, no. window. Get further away from the yeah. truth. Further the away. only thing that you have any kind of remote autonomy over is your body and that's yeah. it other than that you can no. say my toes yeah you can, this you is my those. body yeah and even then i'm pretty sure mommy and daddy can lay claim to those right right, now, right. every now and then um yeah. so i you know we do volunteer work we talk a lot about you know there are kids that don't have food and they don't have you know their mommies and daddies work really hard but they don't have the things that we have mm -hmm. and you know it's a struggle for me especially because as a mom and i travel a lot you know working a lot of hours i have a lot of mom guilt Ah, and yeah. so it's it's hard because I'm like, okay, I will just like buy the experiences and do the things that like to try to like compensate for my lack of being there. Mm -hmm. So like when we go to the zoo, the Dallas Zoo has this carousel, and it's like four dollars for one ride. And I hate carousels; like they make me nauseous. They're <laughs> the worst thing ever. And I have two of them, so I can't just like pick my favorite sure. and take just one. <laughs> so every time they want to ride the carousel, it's eight dollars. And they don't want to ride just one time. They want to ride a hundred times. Oh, sure. And you know, like, well, I work this hard so that I can take them on this carousel a hundred times, right? And like, this is the struggle. But again, experiences, I'm a lot more willing to pay for those. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's a little bit too of me that, you know, because I grew up as an, a ch child of immigrants, you know, I had all hand-me-downs and there were certain things I just yeah. didn't get. Yeah. Like we just couldn't afford them. Yeah, yeah. And so every now and then I do indulge in those. So like, um, we, you know, those little like electric cars, those oh, sure. Jeeps and yeah, stuff. Yeah. So, you know, I bought one of those for them because I never had one and I always Only what? They have to share? They have to <sighs> share. And I bought it secondhand too. Oh, so God. I spent $50 on it <laughs> and I was like, all right, this is it. Because also too, kids like wear everything and use everything like two times before they either outgrow it or they're over it. Yeah, it's done. And I'm like, I'm not going to spend $250 for that little Mercedes thing. That mm -hmm. they, they don't need a Mercedes at three. No. Um, but I do try to teach them how to earn money. We talk a lot about business concepts. Mm -hmm. uh, my goal is that they're happy, healthy, productive members of society. Mm -hmm. um, so 
I don't plan to tell them about their trust funds. Yeah. I well, no, but I, but I agree with something you just said that I think is a big mistake in American households. Yeah. Because it was for mine. They don't talk about money. They don't talk about money. Yeah. At all. My and parents I think, always did. You have to always talk about did. money. You have to explain to people. I mean, there's been times when, you know, when when all businesses take turns and you got to pivot sometimes yep. and do different yep. things. And, and I find myself talking more with the kids when things are going bad than when mm-hmm. they're going good. Because I'm like, look, you need to understand this is what's happened. Mm-hmm. And this is what we're doing to fix it. We're, we're doing this. We're making this move. This is how we recover. This is how we yep. recover. It's what totally. we do. We move these things around. This is what you have to do. Mm-hmm. And I think that's been incredibly beneficial. I can tell you what one of the things that we did. I love that they have their own yeah. little business. What's their little business that they try and run? Well, every it? now and then they have a lemonade stand. Lemonade stand. Yeah. And I don't give them the materials for it. I make them write me a promissory note nice. and sign it and pay me back with interest. My my kids own the vending machines here. Oh, cool. They own all the vending machines. Cool. So they do accounting, they do marketing, they I do all of that. I, they bought the machines. I yep. charge them a pretty serious VIG on it. I um, love it. They're not machines are paid off. So I love it. Yeah, and that's that's where they get their money. How I old are they? Uh, my son is 15. My daughter is 16. I'm sorry. My daughter's 13. 13. Okay. 15 so, th- so this will be age. the first, this will be the first year, summer that my son gets a job. Yeah. He wants it. He wants his own gig. And, I love and, uh, and, and yeah, and, and he's going to go hustle and figure that out, which, which is good. I love that. So I'm kind of torn there. Let me get your thoughts on this. Cause yeah. I'm kind of torn there. Cause like one of the things about Vegas and there's a big group of them and you've probably seen them at some yeah. of the events through some of the people we know, but I affectionately call them the crypto mafia. That's what I call these guys. <laughs> And there's like this gaggle of 25-year-old yeah. dudes running around Vegas. Like multi-millionaires. Yeah, in, yeah. in, in $400,000 yeah. cars. They just yeah. they just manipulate the internet yeah. and they know how to make money. Yeah, yeah. And they just print it. And part of me is like... Go learn that. Go figure that out. <laughs> right? Go figure some of that out. And, and then part of me is like, man, maybe you should get a job busting tables. Yeah, I think like that you builds, need the hustle. Yeah, that dude, character, go, right? go, build, go bust some tables and build that. So so what says Vina oh, about gosh, three-year-old twins? Which way do you go? I think I encourage them to the path of entrepreneurship first. Yeah. Whether it's the crypto mafia or something else, I want them, to, I would much rather they fail at entrepreneurship than know how to bust a table because they worked really hard there. Wow. That, that's a, uh, you know, I, I'm going to hit this, even though this is con- one of my co-hosts is not here. This would be his oh. horn, but you got this. <laughs> you hit that for that, which is stupid. It's stupid, but I'm going to hit it anyway. No, dude, that's, that is, uh, that is, uh, yeah. yeah. Cause I'd rather have you too. fail in entrepreneurship than succeed at being a good employee. Yeah. Because. I mean, failing wow. at entrepreneurship, you know, that builds character like nobody's business. Right? You know, I think that I think that just I think that that, that just made me decide that uh, I have the opportunity. I could probably get him an internship with the V shred guys. You should. Yeah. And those guys just have now, it clocked. I also think that you should make him earn his way into that room, too, though. Yeah. Make him go interview for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What? Well, you know what? I'll, I'll, I, I digress. I can get him an interview. Ah, OK. Guys. Yes. Yes. He's I would get the interview. I would get the interview because, you know, like that's. You know, my kids have a lot of privilege and I don't want them to not use their privilege. It's not mm-hmm. their fault. They have it. Right. Yeah. And so I, I agree. They I, should use it and they should be good stewards of it. And, you know, they should create jobs for other people to work for them. <laughs> no, I, I, I agree. I agree. Well, if you're still, if you're listening to this, man, hopefully you're still listening. Yeah. I mean, this has been a good talk. You know, let's talk about fear. Oh yeah. Let's shift to that. Okay. Right? Yeah. So let's talk about 
you know, obviously Vina worked at the bank, then Vina, yeah. pro Vina went to school, yeah. and then Vina got a degree, do, Vina got her first job working yes. for some sort of fund, yeah. I'm guessing. No, I actually worked for a tech startup very briefly, okay. after like maybe a couple months. And interestingly, it was with AI technology, and this was in 2007. Come a long way. So yeah, oh, <laughs> it's definitely changed now. <laughs> Did you see, I saw that, not to digress off this story, we're gonna talk about yeah. fear, but, but I'm scared of this. What are you scared of? <laughs> so I watched an interview yesterday Yesterday, where they they tasked ChatGPT with doing stuff to try like for loopholes in ChatGPT for security. Oh, and it said like for example, what if something was captured, protected, and you can't see it? How do you solve what you know? Yeah, how do you solve done. for it? ChatGPT spit out. I would go on GitHub and hire a human to read the caption. Oh. And that's just like ChatGPT four, right? right? We haven't even gone no. into the deeper levels. Like we haven't had the ChatGPT building the new ChatGPT no. just yet, and Dude, it's gonna be so scary. I had this conversation with Cody Sperber um, yeah. two weeks ago. I was in Phoenix, yeah, yeah. and we were talking about it. He's like, "I'm terrified of the AI that's going to build the AI." Yeah, because like, what is that going to look like? Yeah, that. I mean, it's. Uh, it, it, it's shocking and I, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's it's wild. It's that's like what a I, whole that, different episode. That's what, I, that's what I'm scared of, Vina, but let's talk about you. you. So so obviously, dude, with what you do, how much how much in assets, what do you have under management now in ownership? Well, we sold have? seven last year. And okay. so I have like nothing left. I have five left right now, which is about probably 300, 400 million, maybe. Three, just 300, 400, 400 million, that's it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 300, yes. yes. I've bought and sold not over 900 million over my over nine in your career over 900 yeah. million dollars of cash flowing multifamily assets yes. you got that done but yes. it's got to start with an idea it's got to yeah. start with it it's got to start with the first one yeah and it's got to start with the let's talk about that i want to talk about the progression of oh. the idea to pull yeah. the trigger to the sleepless nights i want to talk about that because yeah. that's that's where the magic is yes the stats are wonderful yeah the, the stats are the, fine but, but the magic is yeah. in the fear let's talk about that uh so i i graduated college when i was 20 and i got my degree in finance and you know, my mom is actually a real estate investor. Can I, can, can, yeah. I, can I, is there any other degree anybody should ever get other than finance? We uh, literally talked well, about this last week. Saying, okay. Because with finance, you can do anything. Yeah, you can. But today, I don't care as much if my kids get a college degree. Oh my gosh, I hope okay. they don't hear this because my husband will be so mad at me. He's like so traditional when it comes to education. Can we, can, can, well, I'm, okay. I'm going to digress it's real quick because so, we can talk about yeah. this. Real, so here's the deal. I am completely against all the people that say that college is worthless because I don't believe it's worthless. I, I totally I, agree with I you. I think it's where you learn how to be an be a, adult. Yes, you're a baby adult. You go learn how to be yes, an adult. You I agree. You do your dumb shit. You get it out of the way. Yep, I agree. And then, you, and then if you go to the right school, the connections you yes, make are priceless. it's your network. And that's what 100%. I think college is important for. Thank you. So, which is funny because... You know, every time I like have to do these videos and like someone creates like the storyboard that I'm, you know, teaching on or whatever, they're always like, college is the worst. Don't go to college. And well, I'm like, I can't say this because I don't agree with this. Yeah. And they're like, you think people should. I'm like, well, first of all, I'm Indian. Like, this is just like, do you want to <laughs> be an engineer or a doctor yeah, or a lawyer? Pick a lane. Right. Like, those are your <laughs> options. Right. Um, but I'm, I'm kind of a little bit unorthodox in that way. Cause so my husband's a physician. So he's like, School is a great traditional sure. route and it's great. It's stable. Uh, for me, I would much rather my kids go into business or something in the finance adjacent. But, but, here's, but here's the thing. The reason I say that, the reason I say that yeah. is because there are so many times I do deals with people or I'm doing deals with people that are running these businesses that are doing very yeah. well and they can't read a balance sheet. 
Yeah, that's a problem. They just, there's only so far you can get with your, I agree. I'm going to bootstrap myself up in the sweat of my brow right. and I had a good idea and got some good people and then yeah. we kind of took off. And plateau. Yeah, because yeah. you just don't have the acumen to get yeah. there. I mean, I didn't finish college. I went for two years, mm-hmm. but I have spent a great deal of my life Making playing up catch for up yep. for that, yep. reading finance books, understanding yeah. pocket MBA, and yeah. everything I can do to squeeze that information into my head. Yeah, and see, and college I was that. fun. I I had, I, it was the best much four years. <laughs> best four years of too my life. I, you know, I wish I could go back and relive my college experience because you're a baby adult. Yeah. You have the freedom of being an adult without the full responsibility of being an adult, yeah. which is what I love about college. But, you know, college is really unaffordable now. And so I feel like, you know, I would rather my kids go out and start a business or get some like great world worldly experience than go and get like a basket weaving degree. Like, oh, that's worthless. Yeah you, know, yeah. you know what I mean? So if you're going to go to college, it should be something that's going to actually have an ROI. Finance. Right? Like <laughs> finance. Yeah. Like finance, which is kind of funny because I didn't actually learn anything practical in college about finance. Everything I really learned was after. Really? And yeah, because now I'm like, oh, I think I remember learning about this in one of my classes, but like really, I was like hanging out with my friends and socializing and partying yeah. there. And you know, now I raise capital from a lot of people I went mm-hmm. to college with. Yeah. So that's the thing, There's your connection. Yeah, that's there's the move. And if I could go back, I kind of wish I would have tried to go to an Ivy League school because Imagine how much more capital I could have raised oh then, right? Like that's, it's the network it's that the you're network. going that's for. It. You're, bu- you're um, paying for the network. Yeah, you really are. And you know, it's fun. It's a great time. It's a good experience. You learn a lot of soft skills that you don't necessarily learn anywhere else. Like mm-hmm. today, you can learn all the technical stuff online. You sure. don't need to go to college to learn about balance sheets like you did, right? Like yeah. you just brute forced your way through it. Uh, but what you learn is like, how do I stay out till 6 a.m. drinking and also make it to my 8 a.m. class and still pass it, right? Like, that's the no, thing you learn yeah. in college, right? <laughs> for, for me, for, I have a thing. It's funny. I have a thing in my book that's coming out and it talks about um, one of the chapters is there's always a way out, yeah. right? It was my method to never get a B on anything I ever wrote. Which oh. was this? When, and I learned this from my older sister Nicole. I could have used. I could have used this. Oh, this where listen, where are you? Listen, 15 years ago. I know. Ago. Listen how effective this is. <laughs> so, anytime you take a test in college, high school, it works. Whatever it doesn't yeah. matter. As long as it's subjective. Yeah. If it's if it's oh. content you're writing on, if it's anything you're writing, yeah. And the subjective. No facts. And no. <laughs> yeah. Fa- yeah. Not yeah. Scantron yeah, ABCD. Yeah, 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 this yeah. is subjective yeah, work. Right. 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 About. And you get anything less than an A. You go into the professor's office during office hours and then you you just literally, no, you just sit, you walk in the first time and then you go, I don't understand why I got to be on this. And then the professors gives you a seven minute explanation about what happened and what they thought and this and that. I just, I'm still not getting it. I'm sorry. Can you explain it again? Mm -hmm. And you just beat them down for an hour. I mean, literally you burn every second of their time they can. And then you end with this, you end with this. Oh, there's an ending. There's an ending. I really appreciate your time. I'm just glad to know that if it happens again, I can always come back in and we can have this discussion like this. <laughs> They're so terrified to give you a B again. You never will because they, they know you'll come back. This is called grit and perseverance. Yes, they va- <laughs> because because they value their time more than they value totally. if they yes. really agree with you. This is brilliant. And I can't believe, I mean, I think I employed these like negotiation strategies yeah. early on. Yeah. 
but I wish I would have known that. Grind now, it down. I mean, now the way to do it is really go to ChatGPT and write it. Right? Oh, isn't that the well, answer? Name? Yeah, I love the I love the one. Speaking of uh, you know the least popular guy on the planet yeah. was it some guy in in college wrote a program to determine if a paper's been written oh, by ChatGPT. And for it's like, real, and it's like this is the least popular guy in right. the history of college. Right. right? This is like <laughs> when that plagiarism software came out. That was like my oh, era. Yeah. Worst and I was ever. like, really? But I was like the last class that made it through college before that came out. So all of my papers, you know, in our business school, we just hand them to the, like we had like a whole system and oh God. we'd hand it to the next class. Yeah. Right. Like, so we'd have like the exams and then we'd hand it to the next class and be like, be a good steward of That's these. It. Right. And so, you know, you, you help the next person, you pull them ashore right mm -hmm. behind you. And so I think my, my papers were like some of the last times that were used were like the next one or two totally years after me. And then it was like the plagiarism check came and was like, this has been submitted, turnitin.com. That was it. Oh, wow. Turnitin.com. So you had to turn oh. everything in on there and it would like flag it. tell you if it was. Yes. Oh my God. See, we yes. had, at my fraternity, we had the test file because they had a rule and I yeah. don't, and I don't remember what the rule was called. In Florida, they passed some rule <clears throat> because they didn't think, uh, college kids in Florida wrote enough stuff. So I said, if you went to a public university in the state of Florida, you had to write something like 10,000 or 15,000 words per every class you took. Wow. So even if you took like a math class, you had to write like 15,000 words on whatever. Okay, that seems dumb. Dude, it was dumb. Yeah, that sounds I, I don't stupid. remember what it was, but anyway. But let's get back to fear. Yeah, so let's fear, yeah. Fear. So, okay, I graduated when I'm 20. I go, I work. I ultimately end up in corporate real estate. Um, but when I graduated, my mom wanted me to come work for the family business, right? Cause she's a real estate investor. So she's like, oh great. Now you're done with college. Like come work. And I'm like, Psh, I have a college degree. I'm an adult with a college degree. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go and do something totally different. And then ended up in corporate real estate, worked for some of the largest, um, real estate holdings in the world. And in 2012, I paid taxes being married for the first time. Oh yeah, that's fun, huh? <laughs> and we were both W-2 earners. Oh wow. And you know, he's a doctor, so it was, we were in the very tippy top tax bracket. And I remember I called my mom and I was like, mom, we just paid like $200,000 in taxes. What is happening? Gosh. And she's I'm... like, yeah, you have to quit your job and be a full-time real estate professional. I was like, okay, this seems legitimate. So I quit my it? job. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was like, okay, that makes sense. And you know, it's the thing that, the wealthy in this country understand that the yeah. average person does it. It's not how much you make, it's how much you keep, Yep. right? It's better to keep 100% of 500,000 than to make $600,000 as a W-2, Yep. right? Because you're gonna pay 37%, right? Yep. Or at one point it was 39.6 or whatever it was. You get killed. Yeah, and so I was like, okay. And you know, I was young, what did I have to lose? If it didn't work out, I'd just go back and get a job. Yeah. Like problem solved, right? And so um, I quit my job. I started buying single family homes because I didn't know that people could just buy multifamily homes. Like I thought that was for Oprah and like <laughs> rich people, right? Like right. I didn't know that the Vina Jetties of the world could buy multifamily homes. So how many single family homes did you buy before you switched over? I don't even know, dozens. There was a week where I bought five okay. in one week and that was the turning point for me because I was like, I really hate this and it's not scalable and it's not efficient. And even if I find five deals a week forever and ever and ever, I like, I'm gonna buy 500 plus doors every year and that's it. How can I get to 10,000 doors or 50,000 doors or 100,000 doors? It's not scalable. And there's a lot of expense in inefficiency stop, there. Stop, stop, stop. 
The reason I'm going to stop you, this is why I'm going to stop you. Okay, tell me. Because a lot of people probably just heard the last sentence you said. Yeah. And they're thinking to myself, they're thinking their self, let me help you out, listener. I'm going to help you out because you should listen to this. They just heard you say, I can only buy 500 doors is what they just heard you say. Being super efficient. Being super efficient. I can only buy this. When 500 doors in a year is probably so far beyond what most people would even think of in the first place. Yeah. So- the question is, is that something that was innate in you or is that something that you just saw and developed? What's the difference? Oh, is, is that's it, a good question. Yeah, that's the difference. Um, I think I think it was partially innate. Look, here's the thing. If I'm going to work hard, like either I don't want to work at all and I want to be super lazy and not do anything, or I'm going to work hard. And if I'm going to work hard, I want to do it at the top level. Otherwise, it was just a waste of my effort. Yeah. yeah. If why would I work at the same output and make a hundred dollars when I can make a million dollars, right? That's how I see it. So it's exponential the growth too, because going from zero to one door is mm-hmm. the hardest move you make. Yeah. Going from one to two is easier. Two to four is easier. And it's it's an exponential growth curve. It's not linear. Mm-hmm. And so I figured, okay, if I'm if I'm trying to get to scale and I'm trying to buy a let's say 10,000 doors a year, but I'm making this number up, but let's say it was 10,000 doors a year. Okay. If I end up buying a thousand a year, that's still pretty good. If I yeah. ended up buying 500, that's still pretty good. But if I, if I anchored myself to that 500 doors a year, then maybe I'm going to buy 200 or 100. It's the 10 X method. I believe you're going with yeah, I guess so. is what it. Is. It's, it's Set 10 times goals. And if you miss it, you're still doing all right. That was a great yeah. impression. Just do that. Yeah. No, it's don't like, buy a house. Terrible investment. <laughs> Give me your money. I don't agree with <laughs> Send that. Send your money. But, do I. but yeah, no, that's the thing is like go big or go bigger. That's it. Those are the only two moves. All right. So single family, not scary. Not not, not scary. It was scary when I did it. Really? Single family homes? To buy to buy I the mean, first one, you weren't freaking out on it. I wasn't it freaking was. out because I grew up around it so much. And look, here's the question I always ask myself every time that I'm getting into like a space where I'm like, oh, what am I doing? <laughs> like, why is this happening? Right. Mm-hmm. Is not all the reasons why I should do it. It's what happens if I don't do it, right? Mm -hmm. And I wanted a certain level of financial security and financial freedom for not just me, but for my husband too. I didn't want him, like it's not fun if I can travel the world and sit on a beach in Fiji and my husband has to be at work. Like that's not fun to me. It depends on how much you hate your husband. I was gonna say, yeah. I mean, (laughs) I like him, that's the thing. You like him, Ask me again in 10 years and I'll see if the answer is still the same. That's it. But but that's the thing is like, I wanted the freedom to do that. I wanted the freedom of my parents and my in-laws to be able to come with us. And they can't do it if they're working beyond their retirement years because they can't make ends meet. So for me, it was this goal of having financial independence, not just for me, not just for my husband and I, but for my parents, my in-laws, my kids. I wanted to build yeah. generational wealth for so, generations that hadn't been born So yet. question about that. Do you, do you see that as running fast towards a reward or running away from fear of failure? And which one motivates, which one motivates you more? Are they different? I think they are. I think, I think, well, I think, I think people run faster away from pain than they do. That's true. Actually. And that's psychologically proven. Yeah. yeah, And so that's like capital, capital raising tip, capital raising tip, right? Is don't tell people about what they're going to get. Tell them what they're going to lose if they don't. Right. Um, and so, yeah, when I I think it's probably, I, I don't think I ever really fear failure in this sense like now my fear of failure is really like i have to wait 
15 more years to find out if I ruined my kids or not, right? Like, that's what I'm worried about. I think they're going to be fine. I hope I so. Okay. I hope so. But it's like, you know, that that's the thing I worry about the most is like what, and I my biggest fear right now is what if I don't maximize my impact on other people? Mm-hmm. You know, like the financial goals are, they're fine. Like they're great and it's it feels good to check them off. But the fulfillment from it is very different than when, I have someone who sees me speak at a conference and comes up to me and says, you changed my life. Well, see, I got I to gotta tell you, there's, we, we have kind of a little tribe yeah. within that, that yeah. a lot of people, you know, they don't know about. We don't, first of all, yeah. the tribe is, you don't talk <laughs> We don't talk about the tribe, about the tribe. or a fight tribe. club. Yeah. Yeah. There's, but there's a little tribe that we're in. Yeah. And I genuinely feel that everybody that's in that little tribe is kind of out to genuinely help people and yes. make another impact. And in the yes. space that we're kind of in with these events and things that we do, yeah. it's really pretty obvious to see the people that aren't. Yeah. Very quickly. Oh yeah. Very quickly. Easy. And I, and, and so, yeah, I get that. Yeah. I, I get that. So let me ask you a question though, but there's always the, there's always the chirpers over to the side yeah. that say, Oh, it's just ego. You just do that. Oh, you'd like to be this for that. Yeah. I mean, I guess, you know what? I'm not going to, I'm not going to acknowledge that. You're going to say the same answer. I might, you don't listen <laughs> to the chirpers anyway. Yeah. So it doesn't matter. But when you, I, I'm really interested in that first moment when you made yeah. the jump from single family to, to multi yeah. Cause that's a big deal. Yeah. That was a big deal. That's a big deal. That was a big deal. Scary. Yeah. Oh, it was terrifying. I cried every night for six weeks. So here's straight. the deal. But, 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 here, but here's the thing, man. This is, there's somebody listening to this right now that's, yeah. that's trying to make a decision if they should if they should jump headfirst into X, whatever mm-hmm. it may be. Yeah. And I find that that process of decision making is usually pretty much the same regardless. Yeah. So but, let's let's break down your first big move. Yeah. So first, it was realizing I hated what. I was doing and that it wasn't going to work for my long-term goals, mm-hmm. right? So I think having a clear understanding of where you want to go is probably the very first Clutch. thing, right? Is like, you can't decide on a route if you don't know where you're going. So I like to start at the end and work our way backwards, right? Like yeah. you can row faster and faster and faster, but if your boat's pointed in the wrong direction, then what was the point? To a boat with no destination, no wind is favorable. Yeah, so exactly. One of my favorite quotes. Exactly. Yeah. And so... Um, I, I knew where I wanted to be. And now, of course, that end goal has changed many times since then, because every time you check off a goal, and target this is moves. A, yeah, the target moves. And this is like an on true entrepreneur spirit, I think. Um, and I, I remember, too, one of the things my mom had said to me when I was really young, um, and my parents did a really great job of instilling confidence in us and, you know, the can do attitude. Uh, but one of the things my mom said, and I still remember it, is when I was like 14, you know, I was being like super sassy, m- more than usual, which was pretty high to begin with, yeah. but like it was like extra. And, you know, I think they had said like, you can't do something I wanted to do, you know, typical story. And I, I think I said like, oh, well, when I'm an adult, I'm going to do all these amazing things. Or then you'll be sorry. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that was exactly it. You've heard the story. Uh, and then I was like, I, you know, I had said something around like, making my own money and you know because that was like the they probably said no to buying me something and um and it was because i asked mom because dad wasn't home at the time Uh, (laughs) otherwise i would have asked him and it probably would have been a yes um and my mom goes you know it's really hard to make six figures you don't know yet because you haven't tried to do it because my dad see that's so weird that they would put a limiting belief on you like that and you know what it was it was her fear and her experience showing up because my dad, when he graduated from his PhD program here, you know, I was born, my sister was just about to be born, maybe within a year she, she was born. And my dad's first job, he made $45,000 a year, 
which this was in the mid 80s, late yeah. 80s. So it was, you know, it was a solid sure. salary, but it was not a ton of money back then. When interest rates are 17.2% to buy a house. They actually were. <laughs> they yeah. really were. Yeah. Um, and so my parents, you know, my mom said that to me and I, I it's weird because I don't think she even knows that this still sticks with me now well she's obviously listening to I this mean, so she's gonna, now she's gonna know now she's clearly. your number one fan she's the president of your we fan are, club we are huge in the greater <laughs> the greater area. frisco indian community, community. huge i've heard huge that you're all the rage there when they find out i'm on this podcast Monster. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's gonna make you it's gonna make you for sure i think so <laughs> i'm gonna need like security now yeah you are it's uh, big time big time <laughs> Um, yeah, no, but she said this to me. And so, it, you know, really stuck with me. And I remember the first year I made six figures and I was like, wasn't that hard? No. <laughs> I was like, well, I wonder if I can make seven figures. And, you know, it just, the target keeps moving. Well, it's like, it's, it's always hard until you do it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing, you know, when people say making your first million is the hardest, yeah. I always thought it was because, okay, like once you make a million dollars, you have a million dollars and it's easy to like go and invest that and make more money. And I was like, yeah, obviously if you have money, you can make more money. Sure. That's actually not what it means. And it took me till like three years ago to realize that it was because once you know how to make a million dollars, you can replicate it to make the second million and yeah. then you get better at it. So again, it's exponential, right? Making your first million is the hardest then to go to two millions a little bit easier than four millions a little easier. And mm -hmm. it's just exponential growth from there. Well, I was like, I like what Roland Frazier always says about yeah. that. When he says, you know, the skills that got you to a million are yeah. going to keep you from making the second one. Yeah. Like no, you got to learn a whole nother skill set. set of skills. A whole nother skill set. New set of skills. So, so. multifamily. Yeah. So then, you okay. Put it in escrow. You, you, do you, do you, do you just decide? Does uh -huh. a deal fall in your lap? Do you go hunting for it? Uh, Yes. <laughs> All of Everything. the things. Check the box. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, so I partnered with somebody who, you know, I'm still friends with to this day. And he actually is one of my investors. I invest with him. Like we're we're competitors technically, but we collaborate a lot, obviously. But he brought me into my very first deal. Okay. And mm -hmm. it was a two hundred unit, give or take a few units, of fifteen point nine million dollars on the purchase. And I, we needed another $1.2 million that I was spearheading and no one wanted to give me any money. All right. When you're, when you're sitting there and you're looking at the LOI, cause I'm assuming, yeah. did, you, did you sign the LOI or he signed it? Did uh, you have to put your name on it? I think my partner I, signed it, signed. but yeah. We're, but you got it in your hand. I, I'm in this now. When you look at that number at the top of that page. Yeah. 15.2. Yeah. 15.9. Yeah. 15.9. What was yeah. going through your head when you're looking at $15.9 million at the top of that page? First deal you ever did like this. Am I allowed to say four letter words on here? Absolutely. What the fuck am I doing? <laughs> this is insane. Right. So self doubt creeps in a little bit. Uh, you get some no, no, a no, lot bit. A lot bit. A lot. It was only self doubt for <laughs> the vast majority of that deal. Um, you know, because nobody wanted to write me a check. Nobody wanted to give me any money because they're like, okay, come back to me on your second deal, your third deal, your fifth deal. So back, so so you you were you were convinced that this was a great deal. Like you knew you were all in. Uh, yeah. What was okay? So you would go to people and present it. Yeah, and they were like, no, or and they'd ask me uh, questions I didn't know the answer to because I'd never done it worst. before. And so I was like, you know, when you first start out, you don't really know how to swerve around the questions yeah. yet. So I was like, um, uh. Mm, I don't know. And you know, today when someone asked me, I'm like, Oh, I'm so glad you asked that. You know what? I want to make sure yeah. I get you the right answer. Let me check with the team just so I'm giving you yeah. the correct information. I'll get back to you in could 24 you, hours. Could you feel yourself wilting in these meetings? Just, just, just wilting. 
I mean, I, yeah, I don't know that I ever bloomed again to be rewilted. I just well, okay, well, okay, wilted and but it, stayed there. But at some point, somebody had to say yes. Yeah, no. So finally. Who's the first person said yes to um, Well, I think I actually ended up convincing my dad to invest. Okay. So again, nepotism at play. Yep, nepo baby. Uh, yep. And. It's a, bit, it's a long it, way from gumballs. Yeah, was, yeah. <laughs> I got better at raising capital you from did, them over the did. years. Sure um, no, I think my dad was either one of the first or the first. And then I I reached out to everybody I knew. Like, you know those people that have MLMs and they're like, hey, it's been 20 years since we've talked. Yeah. It's so great to connect with you. Like, that was me. Like, Here it comes. Yeah, here that was comes. me. Anybody yeah, I had any kind of substantial relationship with at some point in my yeah. life. Remember that gumball you bought yeah. in 1980? Right. Yeah, okay, I'm go. willing to refund you the 10 cents you spent. <laughs> That's it. Let's talk about it. Actually, the FDA just said the red dye from the red gumball will give you cancer. Yeah. So I'm willing to give you a refund. Here's, yeah, here's a refund for there that. And here's another 10 cents there for you your trouble. Yeah, just because I'm nice. Yeah. See, look, I'm going to make sure you. Yes. Yeah. So no, I, I went out to everybody and anybody I knew and really I made thousands of phone calls maybe. Wow. Uh, but I, I didn't raise the money for a very long time. I thought that we were going to fail actually. And so I, you know, I, I woke my husband up one night, you know, cause I'm crying in my bed at 2am like I did every night that time. And I was like, honey, we have to sell everything that we own. And he goes, okay, you're, you're obviously talking in your sleep, which I do. Um, so he's like, you're talking in your sleep, honey, go back to sleep. It's okay. I was like, no, you don't understand. I'm going to liquidate the 401ks. <laughs> I'm going to list your Porsche yeah, for sale. Done. And he was like, wait, what? And then how much, got him like, how much capital you had you personally risked? I, I, we had, I think a hundred grand on the okay. line. Um, and see back then you didn't have to put as much capital up as you did these yeah. last few years. Right. Like, so, um, I think we had put a hundred grand and then my partner had put another hundred or 150 or something like that. And, but it wasn't the, it wasn't the capital I was worried about. I didn't care about losing the money. I mean, I, I don't want to lose a hundred grand, but I didn't yeah. care about that. What I cared about was the kiss of death that I've now retraded on a deal and no multifamily broker is going to want to work with I'm me never, ever again. Yep. That's all I cared That's about. It. That was all I cared about. I wanted to close that deal. I didn't care. I didn't care if I had to lose all of my hundred grand, even just to get the deal closed, I would have done it. Mm -hmm. But I wanted to make sure that we closed the deal. So, you know, I'm like, all right, honey, I got to sell your Porsche. And he immediately like shoots up in bed. It's like, what are you talking about right now? Right? Like that got his attention. Mm -hmm. um, and I was like, look, I'm really sorry. I got our family into this whole big, mess i don't know why i did this this was obviously a really bad idea um but you know i just i really need to close this and so i have to put everything, everything we own everything <clears throat> but you got white knighted you didn't have to actually do that correct? no yeah no but I, I i was fully prepared to i was fully prepared to do it and you know how you married the right person is when he goes okay Whatever we need to do. If yeah, and if it doesn't work, I was like, "What if it doesn't work?" He's like, "If it doesn't work, we'll start over." Yeah, is what I'm it like, is. Okay, that seems like this seems like a great plan. We'll just start over. Um, and you know, back then too, listen like, to your spouse. Listen to your spouse. I know. Every now and then, I listen to him. I've had t I've had two deals go south, like like big bad transactions, yeah. Go, yeah, yeah. like seven figure bad Ugh. in my life. I've had twice. That that's happened. Twice has happened. Yeah, and both times my wife was like, "Nope." from the yeah. get-go and i was like no 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 no! it's gonna be fine it's gonna be fine it's yeah fine. my husband did that on the one that i've had and it wasn't a multi-family deal it was a different business but he's like really this is what you want to do okay 
Yeah. Not a good idea. Oh, no. She's, my wife's very, like, nope. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, no, my husband's like. We're doing it anyway. No, no, no. He, you know, happy wife, happy life, that whole that thing. So he's like, whatever you want, honey. But so I, but he, looking back, I wish I had listened to him because a man would have saved me a lot of oh, money. But yeah, so I was ready to risk it all, put it all on black, right? And so I, I did end up raising the capital. Um, my very last investor in was um, actually one of my parents' friends. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we call him uncle cause he grew, like I grew up around him and he wrote me the remaining check and man, without him, I don't know. I don't know that I would have been able to get over that hump on my yeah. own. And so he really helped me. And then he started introducing me to other investors and, you know, again, it was a little bit of nepotism because he wanted yeah, but you, to but see me you, successful. But you did a good job and you got to a point where yeah. things, the things were working. Yeah. And he made a lot of money on that deal too. Yeah. Um, you know, we exited it three and a half years later and made a ton of money. Actually, month 15 on that deal, I returned 40% of capital. That's awesome. So it was like a home run win for investors. That's awesome. Well, if you had, if you had, to, if you had to sum up one thing yeah. that you would say for people trying to overcome fear that they're trying to overcome, what would you say? Um, my in hindsight, right. With hindsight being 2020, mm -hmm. my fear really should have been if any one of these difficult situations stopped me from doing this. And so it shouldn't be the fear of failure. It should be the fear of not trying. Better to regret things that you have done yes. and things that you never will. Yes. I agree. Yeah. Because you can never be great if you don't try. I agree hundred percent. Right. Isn't that the Michael Jordan quote? You miss hundred percent of is. the shots That's you don't take. take. 100%. Yep. That's it. Yep. And I think too, what I've realized about myself recently in like the last two years is in this society, in like this country, we have a lot of really unhealthy attachments to money that are really tied to like emotional well being. And now, since being in our little fight club, especially, mm -hmm. that has leveled up my mindset in ways that I couldn't even imagine. Like, you know, in, in that group we were talking about, like, who has a plane that we can buy before the end of the tax year to solve a tax problem? Sold right? ours. Right. See, <laughs> like, so these are th the conversations. I'm like, yeah. oh my gosh, this is like a normalized, like no one is laughing about this. Everyone's yeah. like, oh, let me help you solve this real problem. And yeah. that's crazy to me. And so I think it's like when you are in these rooms, like better rooms, more money just means different problems, bigger problems yeah. that you're solving. And so I think it's just like having though that mindset is really, really powerful. And I underestimated how powerful that was. Yeah. And I now see money as just a tool. Love it. Like it's just a tool to get where I want to go. And I always said that, but I didn't act in accordance with that. Yeah. I think it's really, I think it's really important in, in goal setting Yeah, to not make it about numbers, to no. make it about Tell me about why. Yep. Tell me the life. What's Tell your me, why? What's the design? Yeah. Tell me that. Yeah. And Build it can't that. be just like, oh, I want to do it for my kids. I mean. No. So what, yeah. do you, what do you want to do for your, what is it do you want to do? Yeah. For so for me, I just, I set a goal that I want to impact 10,000 other people that want to be in multifamily, but are scared or don't know where to start or don't know how to level up. Like, you know, you do one or two deals, maybe you do a hundred million, you don't know how to get to that billion dollar mark, mm -hmm. right? Um, so I wanna impact 10,000 people, which is a big goal of mine. For my kids, like I said, I want them to be happy, healthy, productive members of society, but more importantly, I want to give them enough money to do something 
not, not enough money nothing. to do nothing, right? Like the Bill Gates yep. method. Might do anything they want, but not enough money to do nothing. Yeah, I want them to go out. I want them to take risks. I want them to do things unconventionally. I want them to travel the world. I want them to meet new people. I want them to help other people. Love that. And, you know, it takes some amount of a safety net to do that. Love that. Um, I went to the Taylor Swift concert of <laughs> a few weeks ago. It was so good. I cannot even with that. Do you know she's- Those tickets were so expensive. I mean, like- They were so expensive. That's why I had to so, do a multifamily deal so to buy those. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't get it. Okay. I don't, I don't, it, let it me tell you. escapes me. I don't no, get it. No, let me tell you. She is a beast. Okay. She performed for three hours and 15 minutes without okay, taking I'll a break. Okay, I'll give you that. Her production was phenomenal. But she has built an empire around community. Yeah. Right? She's going to make $600 million from this tour. 52 I, concert tour. It's insane. It's insane. $600 million. And I was actually there with a good friend of mine. And her and her husband are both super specialized physicians. They're amazing. And, you know, I'm sitting there. I'm looking around. And I'm, like, taking it all in. And I turn around and say, hey, Kate, um, when you see this, because she has three young daughters that are five, four, and two. Mm -hmm. And I was like, when you when you see all of this, when you're here, and when you like look here, do you think about or see your daughters? And she goes, oh yeah, like, you know, taking my kids to this concert, or the one day they're gonna be here going to this concert. And I, I was a little taken aback when she said that, because I was like, no. Because all I could think about was my daughters, and I'm like, they could be the next Taylor Swift. Sure. And that's all I thought about. And she, I was like, no, like what if they're the next Taylor Swift? And she was like, oh, but that's that's a really big thing. And I was like, yeah, but why should our limitations sure. restrict them from doing something great? Because my kids, they have a blank slate still. Do we whatever don't know you want. what they're gonna do. Whatever you right? want to do. Um, and so I just think like being, like having that mindset shift is huge. And like for me, I want my kids to do something that big because they can, they have every opportunity every to do yep. it. There's no reason why they can't or shouldn't do something. Which, like which that. again, that comes back to my the only thing I'm prejudiced against is people yeah. that don't take advantage totally. of every opportunity. That's totally, that's yeah, it. and especially like my kids, right? Like I don't want them to see opportunities and not take them. Yeah, and I want them to take risks, and I'm okay if they fail, but I want them to know they're always going to have a loving, stable place to land, mm -hmm. and we'll always cheerlead them and help them pick up the pieces, and you know, go back and work twice as hard the next time. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Well, we got to wrap this up because speaking of kids, I do have a lacrosse game I have to get to here shortly. But guys, I, I know that uh, immediately once this gets out, the uh, the greater Indian population of uh, Frisco, Frisco, Texas, Texas is yeah. going to demand we do a part two. Probably. So at some point, I assure you, I promise you, I will get Vina back in. Yes. We'll dive more into the business stuff. I, but fascinating conversation. I Thank you it. so much for coming Thank in. Thank you. I appreciate it. Man, you. it's always, uh, I love when we can drop nuggets for people and hopefully so get them to the next level, whatever we're trying to do. Yes. All right. Just do it. Well, cool. We'll come back and see us again. I will. Thank right, you. Guys. Hey, it's John Gafford. If you want to catch up more and see what we're doing, you can always go to thejohngafford.com where we'll share any links that we have, things we talked about on the show, as well as links to the YouTube where you can watch us live. And if you want to catch up with me on Instagram, you can always follow me at thejohngafford. I'm here. Give me a shout.